do you know what's going on out there today? Is there anything planned? Oh, yeah, something going on out there. Yeah, it's... I'm seeing a lot of bunting, quite quite a lot of flags. Yeah, what's all that about? Not not sure. They they seem to be having a a, a good good time. Yeah. Oh, not sure. Is that is that a DIY project down there? Uh, oh. That's. I mean, it's something we don't see quite this level of community in in our street usually. No. No, but. Oh, I think it's a guillotine. Oh, I see. Uh, hey, what, what, what are you up to down there? We're about to overthrow the mannequin. You know what? We're going to overthrow the mannequin. It's going to be great. Cool. Uh, do you need some help? Yeah, sure. Join in, Mother Mayor. Hey. Greetings, strangers, queer and pleasant. I'm not Laura Kate Magnetdale. And I'm not Jane Harris Magnetdale. And welcome to another episode of Queer and Pleasant Strangers. It's a podcast where two queer trans women have a bit of a catch-up about our weeks and talk about the media we've consumed and do some silly voices and skits and such. How are you? Uh, you know, I'm, I'm doing. Yeah. Um, um, we finished the second development edit on the book. Yeah, yep, we did that. We, we had want... a four-day weekend. What did we do with it? We edited a book. I hope you appreciate all the time we put into it. Yeah, Thanks. that was a four-day weekend that was not a four-day weekend from work. No. <laughs> Us. Oh. Time off. Oh. It's less likely than you think. Uh, yeah, and and then that was it, really. That That's that's all we've had time for. But... Um, I've been a sleepy bean. I fell asleep yeah. after dinner. I've come to the you podcast to sleep. You didn't sleep very well, either. No, I've come to the podcast very sleepy bean today. You're sleepy little bean. Yeah. <laughs> sleepy little bean. I'm full of physical exhaustion. I mean, and I'm going to translate that into podcast material. It doesn't help that we, we keep spending all of our downtime doing uptime stuff. Yeah, We've yeah. We've been living in the something, something, la la la. la. Anyway. <laughs> what have you been playing this what week? Play? I haven't been playing but one game. Yeah, what is that that game? Uh, I have been playing some Hard Space Ship Breaker. Oh, this is the one about slowly taking apart ships piece by piece, correct? Yeah. So you're the, 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 the main thing of the game is that you are basically given a bay, an area to work in, you are given uh, ships of varying compl- com- complexities, and you have to basically strip them down just so they can constituent parts and put some bits in the furnace and some bits in the processor and some bits on the barge. So things like um, like computer terminals and seating and beds would go on the barge, but things like mattresses and food and water would go in the furnace, and then like um, important metals would go into the process processor to be reused um and that's basically it it is thrown together with this weird as fuck plot uh the my understanding of the plot is it's basically what elon musk wanted to do in space where he's like hey have you always wanted to go to space i'll fly you to space but you will have to be an indentured servant to me in space now because you owe me a lot of money because i flew you to space kind of it's more a, hey, it's almost impossible to get a job anymore, and it's almost impossible to pay for anything anymore, because capitalism has exploded to such astronomical levels. So, 
would you like to be uh, basically left with no other opportunity uh, option than to offer your eternal service Oops. to this company who who break ships down? Yeah. And that basically means so the first thing you do is like it's like oh I've got a bunch of bills to pay can't afford to do that so I guess I guess I'm gonna just hand myself over to to this thing and you go and do that and they uh, clone you they make a record of you that they have to murder you to get the a DNA complete, out a complete <laughs> genetic record which kills you in the process yep or your original self. And every time you have an accident on the job, and it's a really dangerous job, you you just printed out a new just body. Just pop, pop, pop out a new one. The problem is that uh, you have are, are charged for everything. Yeah. You're charged for your little habitat, and your rent of the habitat, and the services in the habitat, and the electrics in the habitat. You're charged for rental of your spacesuit, and your the thrusters for the spacesuit, and all the equipment you need to do your job. You're charged for cloning. You're charged an admin fee for having been cloned. Yeah. You're charged every time you need to print a new clone. Uh, you're charged for the fact that they have to keep your genetic material on file and the fact that they back it back it all up. And basically you start the game with a bill of around... Is it $1.29 billion? Yeah. <laughs> and it's like, well, this is, this is going to be a lot. Yeah. Um, I am I think I'm just over halfway through the game now. Okay. So And that's based on the the bill going down, I assume. The types of hazard that I'm encountering. Okay. So at the beginning of the game you are given a very basic ship. There's no real harm that can come to you. You can strip everything out, throw it in the various boxes, and nothing will hurt you. Okay. And eventually you will get things like electrical issues. If you try and pull out that um, control panel by hand, it's going to zap you. Yeah. So probably don't do that. <laughs> um, and then later on you'll get things like fire hazards. This mm. thing's got uh, some sort of uh, rocket fuel in, in, its, uh, in its engine. And if you're not careful removing all of that, it will fucking explode. Oops. And then you start getting like really big uh, reactor cores. To things, so it's like, well, you have to make sure you've basically stripped everything else off the ship first. Yeah. Because as soon as you remove this uh, reactor core from its docking cradle, yeah. it will start to melt down. Uh... So you've got literally a few seconds to get it out of the cradle and down into the barge where it will be safe. Mm -hmm. uh, and I have just got to a bit just now where you are trying to get your um. <clears throat> You're trying to get a, a Mark II reactor out of a ship. Uh -huh. I am stuck on the tutorial because all my equipment is too broken. And I didn't really think about it. I should, probably should have repaired it all. That's the other thing. Like, the first few ones you do is, like, you don't have to worry too much about oxygen. You don't have to worry about your uh, booster fuel for your jetpack yeah. that keeps you stable and stuff. Uh, you don't have to worry about the degradation of any of your equipment. But eventually, that shit's going to start to break down. Yeah. And that's going to mean you literally can't do your job. Yeah. Uh, luckily, sometimes you will just find stuff um, in the like the ships themselves. Mm. It's like, here is some, some jet black fuel, or here is some oxygen, here are some repair things, or some patches for your suit, should you happen to need them. Yeah. 
Um, but stuff can happen just really fucking quickly, like you don't even expect. The first time you might do a certain type of ship, you might get a vague warning, but you're not necessarily going to be aware, hey, if you have done this in this particular order, and then you pull this lever, and this ship starts starts to slide in half, you will get crushed. That's not good. That That's not good, considering it costs you $150,000 to have a new clone printed. Hmm. Um, but the plot is sort of expanding, like, the, the beginning is, uh, like, you've got all these bills coming in, you basically give up and decide that you're going to go and work for the for, uh, Lynx, the, the shipbreaking company. Well, the everything company. Um, shipbreaking is just what you're doing for uh-huh. them. You know, just the dangerous shit. Yeah. And um, you start to, in- like, hear message well first of all you have like one guy who's talking you through how to do your job he does the tutorial then you like start hearing from the other ship breakers hmm. and you will hear things about those you'll get uh stickers for your for your things that you can just like add uh so like the side of your um cutting gun i think it is hmm. you can add stickers to that that you've earned you can't really see much of them during you know the they're there you know they're there um and you do start to get a plot that someone's like, hey, have you ever heard of a union? I know they died out hundreds of years ago, but maybe the reason why everything is so shit is because we need to get another union. I mean, it seems to be working pretty well for Raven QA's staff and the staff working on the New Dragon Age. Well done to them. them. Well done to them. The union seem to be a positive, yes. uh, well-liked thing at the moment. Absolutely. <laughs> um, yeah, so I'm... I'm Starting to get little murmurs. Uh, I'm signed up to uh, the uh, union newsletter. Mm-hmm. Um, I haven't really... There's no, like, yes-no interactions even or dialogue options with these other people. They're just like, hey, I'm going to get you added to the union newsletter. You know, if you just want to read it or not or, or learn about that. Um, there is currently a uh, an um, administrator from the company who's been sent down... And it's like, oh, I'm just here to... They've been sent here because there's been mutterings of a, of a, of a union happening. Mm. And this guy's is such a dick. Like, during one of the tutorials, I'm being told, like, hey, you ought to be really careful doing this. And the, the, the administrator's just like, nah, just pull it, throw it in the barge. It's really <laughs> simple. It's like, no, it's incredibly dangerous if you don't do it quite right. Yeah, fuck it. Just uh, cut it and throw it in the barge. What are you fucking around about? Time is money. Uh, it's got a number of different modes there's like a one life mode can't imagine that can't imagine (laughs) that being fun Um, I am playing it on normal but I kind of wish I'd played it on easy yeah because easy is there's no oxygen I don't think your weapons degrade there's no time limit yeah. You can just sit so, and strip it down a whole thing, but I've, there's like a shift timer. So I've been thinking about playing this myself, and I've been hearing that there are difficulty modes. My gut says, I want to play this on easy, because I feel like without some of those things going on, this could actually be quite a relaxing, calming, methodical experience. It is quite relaxing and calming and methodical. My only fear is that I just... I won't feel there's enough there yeah. if if that, those things are stripped out of it. That's fair. 
Um, I think a lot of people would probably have the same experience as you there. There's a bit of me that's going, yeah, but I want this to be like Wilmot's warehouse where I'm literally just organising and, and taking yeah, things and moving things around. part of me desperately wants to do that, but also doesn't want to start the whole thing again. Because it takes like half an hour at a time to rip a ship apart. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's I've I've been really enjoying it so far. I am curious about where the story goes. Um, yeah, I'm 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 enjoying all of that and just the the bleak future dystopia. But forget about all of that and just sort of zone out and strip a ship apart. Every single emergency light, rip it off and send it to the barge, and then getting tethers so that you can sort of just get the really heavy stuff and have it self drag into the into the right bay. It's uh. I need it's, to give it a try. It's it quite sounds, soothing. It sounds like it might be my jam. I just need to make some time to try it. <laughs> uh, what have you been jamming on? Uh, I've been playing a few things. Uh, I've been playing some some games about cards of varying descriptions. Um, I've been playing Card Shark a fair bit, which is a game that I, I started playing just after we recorded Queer and Pleasant Strangers last week. It is a game about being a non-verbal person in 1800s France, learning how to cheat at cards for financial profit and ripping off rich people by Excellent. by learning card tricks that in the 1800s were very modern and uh, hush hush, no one knows about these yet. Um, and the way that it works is that you learn these sort of card tricks one at a time and they all have very different mechanics to them. Like you start off with three card Monty and all you're having to do is when you've got two of the cards in one hand, you've got to very quickly assess which button is for the card you're trying to palm and swap around the position of. And then as a circle sort of reaches the right point, press that button and you'll swap them around and then you keep going. Okay. Um, and some, some of them become then a little more complex and have steps that you sometimes have to sort of remember to do while you're doing them. So things like um, doing fake shuffles and like remembering to... Here's the card I want on top, so I place it to the top. Then I move a card down so that I have something when I'm doing my fake shuffle. Then I do my shuffle. Um, and you go off on these little missions. And at the start, they're usually all based on a single trick you've recently learned. And the idea is, try and effectively do that card trick in this new narrative scenario quickly and effectively enough that there is not time for... Um, the rich people to get suspicious of what's going on. Hmm. Uh, there is a suspicion bar that moves up over time, and it also moves up if you mess up the the tricks. Uh, but you can also deliberately fail a hand of cards in order to make the suspicion go down. Uh, but obviously, you're the person, either you or the person you're working alongside, are wagering money on these hands. So any hand you deliberately fail to bring the suspicion down is money that you've lost. Um, you sometimes start stringing these together, so once you've gotten a little further in, you'll be like, okay, new hand of cards is being dealt, which of these three tricks you've learned do you want to do? Uh, maybe there's one that you're particularly good at, but you don't want to do it too many times in a row because there'll be suspicion because you keep doing the same thing, uh, so you've got to try and like switch it up. Okay. And it is just a game about learning to cheat at cards. Oh. Um, I like that some of them are solo things you can learn, and some of them are things where you're collaborating with someone else at the table, which can be kind of fun. Um, some of the early ones that are collaborative that are quite fun are things like um, you might be pouring glasses of wine for people at the table, and you're looking at their hands as you do so, and then trying to signal 
what uh, suit is most common in their hand, for example, by which way you're wiping the table. Uh, and t you've got to pour the glass of wine very slowly with your analogue stick so you have as much time as possible to look at their hand and work out what's in there. It's the kind of game that like, I am confident I won't get to the end of because there's going to inevitably come a point where I do not have the memory and attention span to remember what to do for an ever-growing list of card tricks mm -hmm. or the coordination to do these things reliably at speed. But Maybe like five hours in, I'm still having a really good time with it. Um, I like that for a lot of the tricks where you've got to remember motions to signal to other players, um, you know, suits and things like that, you can start doing a motion and it will show you if you finish the motion, this is the suit you're currently signaling, is that correct? You've got a second to start doing a different motion. Like, you usually have to do a motion a couple of times to fill in a bar to be like, that's the one you've signalled. Mm. So, like, you can just try a couple until you find the one you're trying to get across, but obviously having to do a couple will take some more of your time up. Yeah. Um, some of my favourite examples are ones where you're doing complex tricks and you have to, like, run into another room and quickly scramble to do something before you come back. Mm. Uh, there's one that I, I quite enjoy, but it's stressful as hell, which is... Uh, someone slips an extra deck of cards into your pocket and you've got to remove duplicates from it so that no one gets suspicious. So you run into the back room and you're quickly shuffling through a deck going, oh god, which cards in here are there more than one? Oh fuck, uh, get them out, get them out, get them out. Okay. It's, it is a chaotic fun game about stealing money from rich people Yay. through trickery and sleight of hand. <laughs> and it is a charming, it is a charming game. Uh, it's always nice to see a game with canon, non-verbal representation. Mm -hmm. uh, it's just a neat little, neat little time. Um, you, you've only played Shipbreakers 1, haven't you? So I... I've only played Shipbreakers. One thing I did quickly want to mention, yeah. I forgot to mention earlier. Um, subtitles. Yes. Subtitles are either very, very tiny or quite tiny. Even, yeah. even when they're listed as very large... Even when the screen um, resolution is only set to 1080p, they are still fucking tiny. Yeah, video games do better. Um, yeah, so other card game related thing I've played. Mm. Um, I've been playing a game that you spotted uh, being, being mentioned on Twitter. Mm. Uh, Pocket Crystal League. This is the uh, inscription one. Yeah, so this is a free game on itch.io that is kind of like inscription, the horror card game roguelike deck builder and kind of like the Pokemon TCG and it's not one for one either of them um it feels easiest to talk about the ways it is and isn't like inscription first mm -hmm. uh it is not a roguelike it is not like you fail you go back to the start you try again uh its structure is more like the Pokemon games in which you are you know, you might do some level grinding because you failed to beat a gym and then try the gym again, but you are constantly progressing forward. Mm. Um, but you are deck building with many of the same aspects. You are sort of sometimes getting, like, packs of cards for winning fights. You're adding sigils to cards that'll impact the ways that they attack. Uh, you, much like Inscription, you have two decks of cards to be drawing from at any time. You're actual creatures that are going to do damage and your deck of basic resources that you're drawing from in order to get those creatures out. Mm -hmm. um, there is none of the horror elements and none of the like meta fourth wall breaking stuff, mm. um, but you instead have uh, elements from the Pokemon games brought in. So like on top of 
you know, being able to add maybe a sigil that'll let you fly over enemies or attack left and right instead of forward. You have things like leveling up your Pokemon to just straight up improve their stats, evolving Pokemon, um, things like that. Okay. Um, I really like the way this game does its overall mechanics. Um, Instead of having, I think it was squirrels was your default in inscription for like something you can sacrifice to get bigger creatures out. Here it's berries. Berries act like your energy types in the Pokemon TCG. Mm-hmm. In that, uh, you know how in something like Magic the Gathering, you probably don't want to run a deck that has more... In most cases, you don't want to run more than two types of land in what you're needing to power your cards in case you can't get the right type of land you need to play mm-hmm. a thing. This is kind of similar in that berries are essentially your your land types. You can run a single berry type. You can run a multi-berry type. Um, berry types are not like one-to-one analogs with Pokemon energy types. So like if you run a single berry type, you're not going to be locked into just fire types, for example. Okay. Um, let's say you pick the, I forget what they're called, but the basic blueberries I started with you'll have a selection of different Pokemon of different types that use that kind of berry. So you're not generally... You won't be limited uh, from having a selection of types, but if you want a specific Pokemon that has a specific ability, you might need to dual class Hmm. um, what kind of energies you have. But yeah, it generally plays a a lot like Inscription. It is a very Inscription-esque game. It's very Pokemon TCG-esque. It takes some very good things from both without feeling beholden to either or feeling Mm. like it has to be a one-to-one replica of either. Mm. Uh, You've still got the inscription style. um, Basically, the the weights that tip either side as you deal damage to the opponent and you're trying to shift the balance far enough to one side that you win. Tug of war. And you've got the lane-based stuff. Uh, You've got the lane-based stuff, yep. So your Pokemon can generally only attack the lane in front of them, be that a Pokemon in that lane or directly attacking the trainer. Uh, yeah, if you like the mechanics of Inscription and you like Pokemon and you like the thought of combining the two, this is a really fun combination. Yay. It's really neat. Uh, very quickly, the other things I've been playing. I started playing through... I've, I've been meaning to do this for a while. I started playing through Pokemon Coliseum, the GameCube Pokemon RPG. Uh, I called my main character Edgelord because... <laughs> um, it's it's Pokemon was really trying to be appealing to like thirteen year old edgy teenage boys with this one. Um, I conceptually like the idea. Um, it it it's almost the same sort of plot as like the Pokemon Team Rocket ROM hacks in a little bit of a way, in that you were fr- you were you used to be a member of Team Snagum. A uh, villainous team that stole other people's Pokemon, sn- snag them, okay. <laughs> and you you defect. You you're like, ah, oh, I don't want to be part of the villain team anymore. But you mm. steal this cool arm thing that's gonna let you steal certain Pokemon back from the bad team. Oh. Not all of them. Some of them. You you you're adventuring with this girl who can see mysterious aura, like purple auras around Pokemon. Right. And if one of them's got that, you can steal the Pokemon. But it's okay because you're stealing them from the bad team. Uh... You're stealing them for good, I guess. Um, it's an inconsistent mechanic. It's weird having a Pokemon game where you can only catch very specific predetermined Pokemon exactly when and where you're told you can. Mm-hmm. 
and it does somewhat lead to situations where it is possible to completely miss your opportunity to catch Pokemon forever. Because if you get into a Pokemon battle, and you run out of Pokeballs, and there's a Pokemon you could have caught, you, you can't flee from the battle, and you have no Pokeballs, you've got to defeat that Pokemon, and that trainer might not fight you again. That okay. Pokemon, your chance to get it's gone. Yikes. Which is weird. There's a, f there's a few things about it I really like. Mm. Um... I like that you start with a pair of Pokemon already. Um, you start with the Gen 2 evolutions of Eevee, Umbreon, and Espeon. Okay. Um, and, like, they do some neat little tricks to make it feel like you've hopped into this adventure partway through. Like, this is not a very sterile start. This is someone who's been on an adventure and you've just shown up to it. Mm -hmm. um, both of the Pokemon are in their mid-20s levels. Uh, they're not exactly the same level. I think one's 25 and one's 27. And neither of them start with completely empty experience bars. They both have partially filled, like, they were part of the way to doing a level up. Okay. It it drops in being like, oh yeah, no, no, this is someone who's been travelling with these Pokemon for a while, and I think that's a that's a ni nice little start. Yeah. Um, it is nice playing a Pokemon game that, that felt unafraid to structurally be something very different, If it, even if it is a bit... It's a bit Shadow the Hedgehog Edgelord-esque flavouring. Hedgy the Hedgy. Yeah, Little Edgy the Hedgy. Um, but yeah, I, I remember playing this back in the day and I had a lot of nostalgia for it, so I've I've just started replaying it. Uh, and the other one I've been doing, which ties into something in the... It's either going to be in Watched or Listened, probably going to be in Listened. Uh, I started... Finally started doing what I've been meaning to do for a while and doing a replay of uh, Persona 5 Royale. Oh. Um... Sorry, you didn't know when you looked as if you'd... I was trying to remember which one that was, and then I remembered. Yeah. Uh, yeah, so Persona 5 Royale, the PS4, PS5 remake of uh, Persona 5 that added a bunch of extra content. Um, the thing that has gotten me like, oh yeah, I'll actually replay this, is realising I could just stream it from the PlayStation onto the Steam Deck and play it on a handheld, which instantly made me like want to play it more. And I'm like, I don't, I don't want to sit down and have my whole screen taken up with this this RPG that is very wordy. And, like, I've played this enough times, I don't need to intricately sit through all of the school-based in-between dungeon stuff. Mm. I just kind of want to do that on a handheld. Um, but, yeah, I'm, I'm not very far in. I'm trying to catch up to the in-game date which like i i'm not that far behind i've just started the game and it starts in early april so a couple of months of in-game time and i'll i'll have caught up with myself because mm. i kind of want to play it a little bit in real time this year because mm. this year the in-game calendar dates line up with the real world dates in terms um. of the dates on the calendar being the right days of the week okay and i kind of want to play sort of play along in time with it um, for reasons that I will get to in a later segment. Uh, but yeah, that's that's basically everything I've played this week. Well, <gasps> time for this. Right, 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 everyone. Well, uh, we've got, 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 got a meeting to do. Yes. Um, so I've been thinking about social media posts we can be doing as a, as a, as a collective. Yes. And um, I thought 
as it's Pride Month, uh, how about this? I've been shopping up a, I've been shopping up a social media post. Right. Um, all of us here, everyone here involved in the Child Wizard stage show, right. the, the Boy Wizard stage show, mm-hmm. everyone involved would like to celebrate Pride and celebrate every gay, lesbian, bi, and trans person. Really? Really? Yeah. What? You don't? You don't? You don't think that's a good idea? A good supportive idea to post? Everyone. Yes, everyone. I asked around the office. Um, you know, uh, Tim over in accounting. Um, Claire over over in 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 uh, the advertising department. Uh, everyone's everyone seemed very positive of the whole LGBTQIA plus community and wanted to do a good thing. You can't think of one person involved in any way in in this production and indeed the the licensing of this production who might disagree with part of your plan famously nope can't think of anyone definitely not gonna make us look uh incredibly tone deaf because of you know yeah i don't know who you mean i don't know what you're talking about I think I thought this through really hard. I've already hit the tweet button. Oh, oh no. Oh, oh yeah. Oh no. Turns out Hatsune Miku didn't make this. (laughs) (laughs) Has someone spoiled the latest TV show mere days after it was released? Mm Mm-hmm. Were you hoping to watch that and now it feels like you'd be missing something because you already know that one guy in the trailer is actually the alien walrus with laser eyes? Yeah. Try Spoil Away. It's the suppository that melts in your ear and helps you forget the, uh, the, uh, um, um, huh. Ooh, the final series of Why Do All These Charred Corpses Smell Like Rotten Fish Breath is out. Cool. Wait, what am I recording again? Hmm. Yeah, probably nothing important. So, <gasps> what have you put in your Ah, uh, we we put a fair amount of stuff in our eyes this week, didn't we? We've had we? a g- g- gave our eyes a bit of an outing. Yeah, where do, where do we want to start? Uh, I think the first thing we watched was Obi-Wan. Yeah, so we're up to what, episode three, three. of Obi-Wan? Um, I'm really enjoying it. Yeah. Um... Again, I want to. It's it's ongoing, so I don't want to be too spoilery. But yeah. um, I think it's not too spoilery. A few weeks in to maybe say there is a very talented child actor in that who's doing a fantastic job. Hell yeah! Um, I think this show could really have li- like I think it really was going to live or die on on their acting skill oh yeah and three episodes in they have consistently been like surprising me with how good a performance they've been doing i didn't watch most of game of thrones and i heard this actor was also in that and that they did very well apparently so the good yeah well done i i hope that this isn't ruining your childhood (laughs) i i sound like an adult (laughs) i i've been very i've been very happy with ewan mcgregor's performances and this has been real good it's it's been nice seeing him get to flex his range a bit on with that character. Mm. Um, I had been dubious about how much this was going to feel like a necessary part of this world, mm-hmm. but like I've been, I've been pretty, pretty pleasantly surprised with what they've done with it so far, yeah. and it's the parallels between this and like Luke in 
like episode late episode seven, early episode eight, like movies. Mm. There's a lot of parallels I've been very much enjoying. Okay. Um, that I've thought have been interesting, particularly given Obi Wan's sort of position over Luke and mm. you know things repeating cyclically. Oh yes. But yeah, this has been pretty fun. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm really enjoying it so far. It was interesting to see Zach Braff doing some voice work. Oh! <laughs> okay, we just edited around something, but I, I now know who Zach Braff did a voice up. Wouldn't have caught that. No. <laughs> uh, yeah. This this has been a... They called it Obi-Wan. This is basically the, the Inquisitor... Like, the, the Age of the Inquisitors story yeah, a bit. Yeah, we're getting, getting a decent amount yeah, of that. But, I, I mean, I suppose they've been quite a lot of the... Extended universe stuff because I think they yeah. were quite big in Rebels. I think they would think they appeared in the Clone Wars. I've not seen yeah. Clone Wars. Well, I've I've been very I've been very pleased with how good a job they've been doing oh, of yeah. life under the Inquisitors as a story. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm I'm looking forward to seeing what what else they do. Yeah, and yeah, we, we shall we shall see. Anyway, it's uh it's visually interesting, the interesting story, some great acting. Don't give Disney Plus money. Yeah, agreed. Or Disney, full stop. Yeah. Um, what else did we watch? I mean, speaking of other companies to not give money... Uh, oh, Netflix. S- yeah, Stra- oh. Stranger Things, Ooh. season season four, part one. Mm. Uh, what, 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 what do you reckon of this? Because we binged the whole thing. It's got some great music, as always. It's, it's got some fucking intense moments. It's visually um, amazing, as I have come to expect yeah. from this. Um, some interesting cameos. Uh, uh, that you spotted quicker than I did. Yep. Um, yep. It, it's been interesting watching them grow up. Yeah. Uh, it has been some. Re- it has done a really good job with like uh, pacing of tension. Yeah. Um. It has been a more like on the edge of my seat. Oh my. Oh my god. Oh my god. Uh, kind of season mm. than the last few. It's felt darker and heavier. Very much darker. Very much heavier. But I suppose. They can do more of that now the kids are older. Yeah. Because I um, imagine there is only so much you can do in front yeah. of child actors. They, they've done a very good job of setting things up in such a way that, like, you know that something has to happen by X point and setting up, like, you know exactly how long the tension is going to build before it releases one way or another mm. and setting up clear goalposts that really help the tension to build up in a natural way because you know when it will either go south or fix itself mm. um their use of kate bush has been superb <laughs> and has had that one track absolutely fucking stuck in my head uh, it's all over tiktok that doesn't help and you spend a lot of time on tiktok I mean, and then there's kate bush being like hey thanks for getting me back to number eight yeah after all this time i mean look they make superb use of that track so that when it reaches its peak of being relevant in the show, it's oh yeah. fucking gets me. It's yeah, I'm really enjoying it. I think they've done a great job with it. Again, um, it's it's quite a spectacle, as you say. It's a lot darker. Um, there there are some like content warning for like oh, not necessarily, I... 
Is it body horror or mutilation? I'm not um, sure what you'd call that correctly. Physical but... body parts doing things that physical body parts shouldn't do. Oh, um, you didn't enjoy that, did you? I could not watch. I had to get you to tell me what I could look back. Even just hearing it was a bit much. Mm. Um, mm. This is not one to watch with the kid. That, there's a few bits that aren't for watching with the kiddie wings. Nope. Um... Yeah, <laughs> you want them to sleep ever again? It's it's it was a really good season, I think, for um, setting up a lot of mysteries and giving you a lot of opportunities to go. Oh, maybe this is what's going on. Oh, okay, no, that rules that out. But maybe this is what's going on, and giving you a lot of clues, some of which were red herrings, but all of which eventually built up to answers. Yeah, nice things for you to follow along with. Yeah, um... it it was a really fun. I want to sit in theory along with this. Mm. And even if some of the points, like, it's clearance going somewhere near this. The specifics of how they paid off were like, ooh, didn't see that coming. That was really satisfying. Mm -hmm. But never felt like it came out of nowhere. So, some of the visual effects stuff they've done in this series has been really interesting. Um, especially one, one in the very last episode. Uh, in... I can't even say what that's involving, but it's I I really enjoyed that particular scene of yeah um, movement. Um, I I think that it's early enough season that I can I can and and vague enough that I can say this. I think having a show that focuses so much on monsters and D and D intersecting, I think the choice to essentially have this be the Satanic Panic season, which yeah. I think that's fairly safe to say. Not only is a great idea, but it's capitalized on really well. Mm. Like they make perfect use of that as a setting. And, and there's been a few times where we're like, "Oh, this would be the worst time for that to happen." Yeah, there's there's a lot of moments where like <laughs> things didn't happen at the worst times they could have done. And I was watching scenes like, "Oh, if this thing happened while we're here in a church, that sure wouldn't help the satanic panic, would it?" <laughs> no, it I yeah. mean, I, even if they, even happening when they did, a lot of these things weren't going to help the town satanic panicking. <laughs> nope. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's it's been a fascinating watch, and um, I am curious to see what happens next because we've got two more episodes of this season, and one of them is two hours and forty minutes long. <laughs> <laughs> um, I've I've also quite liked the the variable episode length. Yes. Because um, most of them have been around like a hundred, uh, one hour and ten minutes, one hour yeah. and fifteen. Uh, there's one episode, I think, that's an hour and forty. Yeah. And like just not having to stick to a, hey, you have X yeah. amount of time to tell your story. And rather than going, hey, we're just going to tell the fucking story. Yeah, okay? None of them have felt rushed or stretched out. And that is something that I do really love about streaming TV. Mm. And yeah. it... it it's a real benefit to shows like this. It is. If only they'd put keep putting their money into interesting drama like Stranger Things rather than absolute bigotry. Yeah. I'd be willing to continue paying my Netflix subscription, but no. 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 Um, so, uh, I think that's everything I can say about that right now. Yeah. Anything else? Uh, well, we watched another thing together. You did watch another. I mean, I meant. Did you want to say anything about uh, Stranger Things? Oh no, it's fantastic. If you've been enjoying Stranger Things, go watch it. I, I maybe maybe spoilery chat at some point, but like I I've been loving it. Yeah, it's not the time now. I mean, I I've seen it, and I still think some of the memes I'm seeing coming out are just like, come the fuck on. 
Yeah. It's been like a week, but this is bullshit. Yeah, in a few weeks, maybe, yeah. like, I have a lot of thoughts I want to share about it. I feel like there should be some rule that people understand. Like, I know you're excited about it, but you don't have to be sharing memes that, like, literally spoil the twist for the entire series. Yeah. Like, a week out. Come the fuck on. <laughs> Um, yeah, we, we watched a couple of other things. Yeah, we watched, uh, we watched some more Star Trek Strange New Worlds. Finally caught up on that. Yeah, what episode are we up to now? Uh, we just watched four and five. Four and five. Um, I'm trying to remember which ones those were. One was the Spock-heavy episode of Diplomacy. Yes. And one was the one where there was a big ship-wide chaos emergency going on. Um, it's stuck in the brown dwarf. And the gas cloud. Yes, hiding from... Hiding from the Gorn. Yes. Uh, So it seems pretty clear that the Gorn's being set up as the season-wide villain, I'm guessing. I suspected that might be the case really early on, because I think in episode one we had mention of the Gorn. Yeah, there was a character mentioned being the only one to survive an attack from the Gorn, and that seemed like a... Well, that seemed like a thing, and then it sort of made me think, well, hang on, really? The only time that I can think of that the Gorn came up was original series. Like, I don't yeah. think they're mentioned in any of the others. Definitely. Or, um, like, never on screen. So I suspect this might now be where we're headed. Yeah, I suspect so. Um, That whole episode was really good and tense. Um, yeah. Like... It was a very good introduction to a villain in that you don't even see the Gorn at all. Just ships. You just see ships, you never actually see a Gorn. And I think that that, alongside just, here is the brutal harm they can cause and the way they like to attack. The cunning, the tactics. Yeah, the way they're willing to use innocent lives to get a leg up in an attack. Mm Mm-hmm was a really strong way to present that. Oh, yeah. um, they they are drawing lines around a big bad really well. Yeah. Um and the Spock heavy episode uh that was very Spock and fiance. Yes. Um it was nice to see some more like personal life Spock stuff going on yeah. and get some insight into Spock's life outside of the logical line of duty. Mm-hmm. Um I always enjoy Spock being paired up with people who are comparatively... who consider him illogical. Yes, when when Spock's too human. <laughs> yeah. Uh, which, which only happens when other Vulcans I mean, I, I several times... This episode is one of many episodes where I've I've looked at Vulcans going, Spock, you're too logical and too human, and I'm like, really? Because I feel like Spock is doing the logical thing, and you, Vulcan... Are being a bit human being about very this. Very emotional. Yeah, you're getting annoyed at at, at um, emotions being discarded for logical reasons. That doesn't sound very uh, Vulcan of you, right? <laughs> yeah. I'm really enjoying that show. I love the set design. Yeah, I think they have done a marvelous job of like, hey, we want to incorporate all the stuff from the original series, but mm. hey, it it was always it always looked like this. What are you talking about? Yeah. I, I did not think I would enjoy a thing that was a, a Christopher Pike helmed thing as much as this, and I've been really growing to like it. I, know, I thought Pike that that Pike was quite interesting in uh, Discovery. 
Um, I actually really enjoy, I enjoyed a, a lot of... I mean, we have talked about before how much we enjoyed Discovery. Yeah, I mean, there was very small amounts of him when we saw him before, and I, I didn't... I didn't hate him as a character. No, I just... I didn't know how I was going to feel about his his level of confidence in a whole show, and I've been pleasantly surprised. Yeah, I mean, he doesn't completely Kirk it. Like, he's he gives slight Kirk vibes yeah. in, in a couple of those he's, Discovery episodes. But... He's... He's tempering it just enough that it's charming and not irritating. Yes. Which is a fine line to walk. Oh, yes. Uh, what else have we watched together? Uh, we watched Everything Everywhere all at once. Yeah. Do, do we want to start with the, the one caveat about this before we get into the gushing about it? Uh, yes. So, um, there is a, a very casual line in this, which comes off as super anti-Semitic, and to be honest, it happens quite early on in the film, and I was thinking about it for most of the film. Um, there are interviews with the creators who've gone, yep, we fucked up, we can absolutely... It wasn't meant that way, but we can absolutely yep. see why you thought that, and I'm not going to get into excuses for them, Yeah. and the, I'm not Jewish, so absolutely make your own mind up. Um... It it, it, yeah. it may be worth reading the, uh, we fucked up and we completely acknowledge that, here is the steps that led to it and how we managed to not catch the fuck up. Yeah. Um, and, and as they say in that, like, absolutely make your own mind up about it. Like, we can apologise, but ultimately we made the mistake and if that is enough yeah. to, to break I, the film for you, we completely understand. I, I think the very simple, simplified version that isn't spoilery is that apparently um, it is a somewhat common thing to ref in in Chinese to refer to white people generally as big nose. I don't know how true that I is. I don't know how accurate that is, but culture. that is allegedly a thing, which would be fine if not for the fact that the only person it is applied to is someone that is a character that it's has supposed to be some... every Jewish spoiled brat's stereotype. Yeah. And putting those two things together... Ooh, and then never that's... resolving it. Yes, worse. because that's the one character that they cut for time the payoff at the end for. Yep. And it's unfortunate. Um, so that caveat out of the way, talking about the rest of the film... Talking about If you want to talk about the cinematography, it's amazing. The visual effects team was five people. Really? Yep. Fucking hell. <laughs> Fuck. This... In terms of, like, structure and visual storytelling and emotional payoff and acting performances, this is maybe the best attempt at telling a multiverse story I've ever seen. It yeah. fucking nails it on basically every count. It's, it's absolutely fascinating, like, the way the multiverse works in it and, yeah. like, um how though those multiverses can interact yeah um just it's it's visually just yeah. like it's it's a style i'm i don't think i've ever seen okay i've seen it once before and yeah. it was a film about tripping <laughs> yes um this film does such a better job than any like any modern superhero attempt at multiverse stuff of giving an actual real sense of there being huge amounts of possibilities and dipping its toes into a lot of them and not just going, the multiverse exists. Here's four people. Yeah. 
Um, they're all gonna stay in one world, basically, or you're gonna see, like, five places they go. It's more like, here's 16 people, and we will visit most of them more than once. Yep. Um... I, 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 I don't know how to... How, how do I want to sell... How do we sell this? Um... So Everything Everywhere All at Once is a story about a woman whose life is absolutely falling apart. She is in very literally the worst possible the outcome of her own life. Everything yeah. is going wrong. Like, she is struggling with the US tax system, which is understandable, because yeah. from, from what I've encountered, yeah. uh, it's designed to just fuck people over so that you yeah. have bills to pay. She's not Dealing with her social relationships and her family well. She's struggling with her family. She's especially struggling with her relationship with her daughter. She has uh, an overbearing father who is causing her untold amounts of stress. Her daughter is gay and she is seemingly trying to use the grandfather as uh, as an excuse to not properly address that it sure feels like she's got some unaddressed homophobia and she's using the grandfather as an excuse to not deal with it it's very much the kind of thing like my dad used to say to me of of, don't 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 tell your nan she wouldn't understand uh yeah it's the can't you wait until grand dies before you come out as trans Mm -hmm. like that thing Mm -hmm. um and her life is like completely falling apart and then she's intruded upon by the multiverse. Yep. And a multiverse equivalent of her husband drops in and goes, Hey, so uh, from the infinite multiverse, you... You are the one. You are the only version of you that can save, save the, the world. Um, I'm going to teach you how to use weird, improbable um, occurrences that you would never normally do to hop across reality. Or to at least... Borrow bits of that reality. Yeah, so you you can kind of temporarily reality hop and experience other realities, but the main thing you're doing is getting skills. temporarily partly inhabiting. You're inhabiting two realities at once, so that you can use the skills from that other reality that you know how to do in a different life path. I love the the visual storytelling of the branching and how it does a very good job of contextualizing when a new branch is introduced. This is how her life would have gone different to lead to this in a very quick and not belabored way. Yeah. I think they introduced the whole concept really quickly. And I don't know if that is so easy to grasp because we're nerds or because we've recently watched Loki. It's (laughs) I, one thing that they do a really good job of with this is Setting up seemingly ridiculous, that could just be a one-off gag for just a second, things, and then later paying them off to be legitimately emotionally resonant. Yeah. In a way that is really impressive. Yeah, there's some bits that seem like, there's some bits that seem really, really sincere, and then have a silly moment, and then sometimes have a sillier moment. (laughs) Yes. But also have a really sincere, Uh like, background to it and then there's some things that are just introduced as like oh my god and then that has a ridiculous aspect to it it's it's an impeccably paced film in that it's two and a half hours long it's a two and and a half original cut was three hours it's a two and a half hour long film that doesn't feel two and a half hours yeah that's true but it feels very densely packed there's no wasted space but it's not overwhelmingly dense it is it is a film they have very clearly, like, surgically trimmed down as much as possible. 
Yeah, I think um, that, I think you're basically told there's no way you can have a three-hour film. I mean, I would I, have watched I, a three-hour cut of this. I'd watch a three-hour cut of that just to see if they get any closure for for the thing they fucked up. Yeah, yeah. Um, gosh, yeah. It 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 manages to pack like tension and uh, you know danger in action alongside comedy and well well-developed emotional payoffs really well the fight scenes are so good the fight scenes are incredible like yeah you, you can tell like the the people like some of the back end people they had involved in fight choreography it's like yeah i can absolutely see how the fights ended up looking yeah. that style the fact that they wanted certain actors to play certain characters like again it's like the that choreography feels very much like the kind of thing you would find in that actor's movies. Yeah, it's it's a really... They do a really good job of... They use a lot of cuts because fight scenes will often... You know, it's a multiverse film. You can see... You can imagine how cuts might be used in something like that. Not but, even that, but like even when it is staying within the same verse. Yeah. Like, the... But as, as you mentioned at the time, it feels like... Moves are allowed to fully happen. Yes. Rather than just being like, and the punch connects, but now we're looking at the punch yeah. from another angle. That's that's what I was yeah, gonna get to is cuts are not used to disguise the fact that they didn't properly teach a person how to do a move. Mm-hmm. They let the attack fully hit and connect before they do a cut so that everything feels like it has its proper impact and you can follow it before it changes. And also the camera isn't like the camera is often moving, but it's not mo- It's not Michael Bay moving. No, like it, I could follow it. Yeah, and, like I couldn't follow some of the Transformers fights. Yeah, it is. It is a very, it is a very well done film in that it doesn't feel like it's taking cheap corner cutting to do very impressive fight scenes. No, I can't. I can't overstate how funny this film is. It's very. Funny. There's one it's very sweet. There's one fight scene in particular that. Uh, um, oh, okay. Sprinting yep, yep, to yep, get yep, to yep, certain yep, items. Yep, yep. Yeah, that whole fight scene fucking cracked me up. <sighs> I was going to talk about the silent one. Oh yeah, <laughs> the the silent one was. Mm, it's so sweet. <sighs> Look, that one caveat we started with aside, it is an impeccable film, and I understand why so many people were raving about it. Oh, absolutely. It is a film that I would definitely be interested to see again, with the caveat of, you know, it's not my position to judge whether their statements about how they got to where they did with that fuck-up at the start is uh, a relevant uh, caveat or not. Yeah. Like, I personally, I, I haven't... Maybe I've just used the wrong search terms, but, like, I have tried to find Jewish takes on... Yeah, how how they felt about that stuff in the film, and I have not yet found one. But well, yeah, it's, it was it's it's not been a big thing. It was just yeah. a, like almost immediately I was like, "Fuck me, that's that's not cool." I, and, I, I'm googling it and then going, yeah. "I still want to watch the rest of the film and not be spoiled for it." But I need answers to this. I similarly went and looked for takes and wasn't finding any, and yeah. I don't know whether that's a good sign. Or if it's a bad sign. I assume there would be, like, a few people going, hey, this is shitty and you should know why. Yeah. 
I... I'm... Who knows? I've not seen a lot of critique of it in a way that makes me think maybe the response was received well, but... That, that aside, it is a fucking immaculate film. Mm-hmm. It's a real shame that that one caveat's there, because this film is otherwise... I, I, I otherwise cannot falter. It is a visually impressive and interestingly written film. Yeah. And I am glad that for the digital releases of the film, they have changed the name of that character in the credits. Because yeah. that was all she was called initially. Y- yep. That's not good. So good. Oh. Uh, have we watched anything else? That's the question. Um, um, I think so. I'm still watching a lot of loading ready, ready run mail time videos because I like watching people open stuff. I have a, a whole weird thing about post. I really, really, really like getting post. I don't think that's weird. I, I'm very. I agree with it very much. But I also like watching other people get post. Yeah. Like I used to love watching um, Dodger opening post. Yeah. Um, years ago, it's... and now I watch a lot of mail time. It's very satisfying to just watch things get opened, and oh, I didn't know what was in here. And even if I know what's in there, I'm, I'm still like watching people open. People things. getting excited about different types of coffee yeah. and like. Correspondence from around the world. I think it's really sweet. Today in the post, I got four different micro SD cards with adapters of varying sizes for varying purposes. I got very excited about that. What are the purposes? I'm curious. Um, I've got a five a five hundred and twelve gig one. Um, for the Steam Deck because okay. I wanted to have uh, some expanded storage on that, and a lot of the stuff I have on there isn't games that necessarily need to be running off as an SSD. Like they're not going to have long loading times. So I assume for that you had to get like the fastest. Like tier one or is um, it tens? I think for SDs. I mean, uh, I the one I got was was uh, re- relatively affordable and seems to be totally fine. I did a quick test run with um. Yeah, that's a ten. Is that is that yeah. a ten? Okay, I got I got a ten that was fairly affordable. It 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 was a good price and it it's doing the job real good. The price of like really big micro SD cards has come down a oh, lot. Oh oh yeah yeah. Um, and the other ones are spare two five six uh gig micro SDs uh, for the camera specifically for uh when doing long shooting days for things like um it it, it came up as a thing when filming for the BBC protests uh-huh. where that camera does good f- video footage but like it runs up cards quick oh yes um and particularly if you're capturing in high quality and I wanted to have some spare cards to hot swap out but also some spare batteries which I've got coming up uh, in the next day or two so that like every every X amount of time go okay between talks or whatever swap out the battery swap out the card keep mm. keep rolling mm. just for like things like work travel days it's yeah. useful to have hot swap options and mm-hmm. having 750 gig of um, memory available I can swap between yeah Never, never a bad thing to no. have more big micro SDs on hand. No, plus, if one fails, you've got some some exactly. Others. And just generally, like I've been doing a lot of reviewing of um, like um, emulation handhelds recently, mm-hmm. and having big size micro SDs on hand is really useful for just being able to dump entire collections of games yeah. to try out real quick. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, that's what I was excited about today. I got micro SDs in the post. Yeah, you that got was st- my post today. Fighting post. Well, I, if that's everything we looked at, we've put in our eyes this week. Mm-hmm. Well then, time for this. Lauren Lark, our new sponsor. Who's our new sponsor? Well, do you gay? I I do. And um, d- does this ha- happen around? 
Oh yeah, those those cishets, they happen. They have they have things they require me to do sometimes. And you when you're when you're queering, do you sometimes have to do things for or with the cishets? I do, I do. It's very unfortunate. Sometimes like they'll they'll ask me to do a thing that I'd agreed to do that I'm obligated to do or that like would just be a decent thing to do. They they expect things of me mm, and mm, don't they understand mm. I have busy gay business to be doing. All that important gays, gays. Right. I've got I've got busy trans actions to be doing. Right. Uh, I like that. Hold on. Uh, well, this month, this month, this week's sponsor is PrideMonthPass.lol.net. <gasps> Tell me more. Well, if you want to get out of any obligation with with a cishet or many cishets this month, you have this one handy wallet-sized card that explains that it would be phobic to make you do stuff. Oh, making me take out the trash? Are you Well, if a cishet's asking me, that's that's transphobia right there. Yep, that's brashing that. Yeah, have, having to go, to go to the shops rather than them bringing the food to me, that's homophobia right there. Mm. Mm. It's, it's lesbophobia to make me, I don't know... Um, have to have to get my post from from outside the front door rather than it being posted through the door. That's that's lesbophobia. Right. Not not bringing me a pizza. That's biphobia. That is biphobia. Yeah. Um. Having to pay taxes. That's panphobia. That is panphobia. Yeah. It's 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 bigotry all round. I've got the card. It's the biggest tree. Yeah. Don't don't make me do things. It's Pride Month. I've got a card and everything. Making me have to go and work under capitalism, that's ace phobia. That's no no no. Got a card. Got a card. In I I got a mm. card. Mm. <laughs> got the card. Get the card. Get your card. Wherever you happen to fall in, in the LGBTQIA plus spectrum. And 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 you know, in, in a variety of flags and colours, if you <laughs> should so choose. Uh just L uh, that's over at Pride Month Pass. Oh, and, and you can get yours. It costs nothing because that would be phobia of some it sort. It would be phobia to require you to engage in capitalism to get this passed. Exactly. <laughs> Inside the boardroom of Supremacy Software. Hi. Hi. So, we've been pretty quiet this June. Yeah. In terms of uh, not acknowledging all of the uh, the gay happening out there. Yeah, I mean, people seem to be very against the the transes, and that seems to like really be overflowing into the gay. So I figured probably best if we didn't address yeah, we, any of the gay. Exactly, and you know we don't want to piss off the people that don't like the gays and the transes. So we didn't mention the gays or the transes. But now the gays and the transes are upset that we have not acknowledged the gays and the transes. You know, we've been oddly silent about the gays and the transes, so... I really love the pink pound. I know, right? I love that corporate, uh, that corporate income, but... Yeah. Uh, I, I, I... Plus, you know, I'll be honest, I do enjoy the colors. Exactly! The rainbow's pretty fun. So, I've, I've, I've got a question for you. Maybe we can hash this out. Shoot. What is the absolute minimum we could do, like the legally mandated minimum that would technically count as a as a pride post? Like, what is the technically least we could do that they would go, I guess that's gay? I mean, I thought we'd already run the numbers of this. Isn't it something along the lines of uh, that supremacy software, we value the importance of being yourself and uh, it's it's always important to be yourself and, and be seen and, you know, stand up 
with with your community well, and I mean, all that. That's you know, not a bullshit. Maybe, but the thing about that is that it does make it sound like we're, you know, supporting something. Even if, you know, and maybe that's too far because we're supporting something, even if it's, you know, unity between people. Like, okay. So, cartoon rainbow. That's right. that's gay, right? That's that's right. like the, the, you know, the rainbow flag, that's gay. Right. But like, what if we did like a real world rainbow with no context? We just post a rainbow. Right. Oh, also, like, because rainbows usually happen on a rainy day, so it's going to be a little bit overcast, right? Yeah. What if we had, like, the, the god rays coming through as well? And then maybe they just think it's like the the religious right would think it's like a whole holy thing. Ah, it's a god's Reclaiming gift of a rainbow, rainbow yeah, or something. Yeah, yeah. You know how they're always about all that <sighs> shit. Actually, that that's pretty fucking that's pretty fucking genius. You yeah. were a fucking genius. I know. So, <gasps> what have you put in your? people listening to whale song yeah. <laughs> uh the only thing i've really put in my ears this week is i've started re-listening to a podcast that i listened to about a year ago when it was originally airing but now i'm listening to it as i play the accompanying thing uh i listened to take your time persona 5 royale episode one or the series so take your time is a series of video podcasts uh which they're technically videos i've just been listening to them of people playing through persona 5 in real time, one week at a time, following the in-game clock, okay. um, and talking like really in depth about in each in-game week, mm -hmm. and I listened to like half of the series as it was airing, and I went, you know what? Next year, I'm gonna try and remember, and I'm a little a couple of months late to it, but I was like, I want to play through the game while listening to them talk about the game, and like essentially doing book club as I go through playing mm -hmm. the game, yeah. and. I've just I've just started replaying the game and therefore I've started listening along and yeah. it's I'm enjoying it in the same way that I used to really enjoy director's commentary tracks and I wish they yeah. were more of a thing. It's like I've said before and I'm, I've been very clear about the fact that like I like talking about games and listening to people talk about games almost as much as I do actually playing games mm. and having essentially 52 hours of commentary about a 100 hour RPG that I can basically about 50% of my time playing the game be listening to people talk about playing the game while I'm playing the game in time with them is 100% my jam. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, I'm pretty early on in still, but I'm just I'm just listening along to people talk about the game while I play it going, "Yes, I'm experiencing that and I I agree or disagree and I have thoughts and Oh yeah. I'm basically treating it as a director's commentary from people who aren't the director." That's fair. And it's it's rare even even taking along uh, taking away the um playing along with it in real time aspect it's very rare that anyone goes into that length of depth and detail discussing their thoughts on a single game like 52 hours essentially of thoughts about one game and critique about one game even if it's spread out over a year of doing it it's like i love getting that nitty gritty into the weeds on like thoughts about one piece of media. Mm -hmm. I love those. Like, ah, here we're gonna we're gonna do a three hour video essay about one episode of Star Trek. Oh fuck yeah, give me that shit. Mm -hmm. Um, so I've been really enjoying that. Yeah. Um, I really enjoyed it when it was airing, and now I'm going through it again with it. It's just a comforting companion. Mm -hmm. uh, what about you? What have you been listening to? Not a lot, I'll be honest. It's not been a listen heavy week. Um, yeah. Mainly because I didn't do any of the, like, going out and walking around much stuff. 
because we were working on the book. Yeah. Um, um, so I, I have caught up a little bit further with Dice Punk Season 9. Yeah. I understand what some of the story beats are going to be now. Yeah. With the reliquaries. Oh, yes. Um, yeah. I've just got to uh, yours, your, your, your one. Ah, uh, yes, yes. Um... Uh, yeah, um, I'm enjoying the series, mostly. It's, um, it's a very different... Yeah. It's a, it's very different from any of the others, I think. That um, That's Dice Funk for you. Here's a new season, which is going to fucking go in a different direction for a bit. Yeah, but, like, um, a, a lot of people have commented on the whole, the, um, Grendel felt a lot like season three with the... yeah. The, yeah. the, the village trapped in a space, yeah. and this is a very dangerous, very unexplored land, mm. and and all that related stuff. Yeah. Um. And yeah, like obviously, it's also a completely different cast for the most part. Yeah. That and and you'll have a very different vibe to a lot of the previous uh, people, so... It's a fascinating story. Austin has done a great job once again. Yeah, it's, uh, I feel like the closest in terms of, like, campaign structure would have been, like, season seven in the desert. Um, uh, it was, like, so- somewhat similar exploration-y vibe, but, like, yeah, this is definitely... There's a lot less people. Yeah, this is definitely its own... It- it's very, um... Race, racing to the far end of the world. It's it's got a round the world in eighty days. It's got a round the world in eighty days vibe. But if everyone was chaos trash, I mean, apart from your character, I feel like everyone is chaos trash. I mean, you say my my uh, my attempting to be a pacifist, a bit scared of everything, bunny did make some choices in whatever episode you just listened to. Did some things, chaos. No I made choices, I've committed to them. No Sneeple were hurt in the making of this show. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know if we can say that. Uh, uh, have you listened to anything else? I've, I've, from Foundations I've of Decay. listened to the Foundations of Decay <laughs> on loop. Yeah. Uh, I, had a, I had a day before we recorded this where I needed heavy emotional regulation, so I built a Gundam while listening to Foundations of Decay. Over and 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 over. It's on a shelf back there. Oh, I see. Sorry, <laughs> I was peering. Yeah, it it had been there. It's currently over there. I will peer at it on the way out. <laughs> um, yeah, it's just it's it's been more foundations of decay. I've I've not gotten it out of being the one track that I'm obsessed with. So you could say you've got a one track mind. Oh, I I do. I don't I don't blame you. It's a good track. I do. It's a cracking track. Uh, okay, uh, I, that's the rest of the album. Ah. <laughs> uh, well, that's everything I've listened to this week. Well then, time for this. Are you trying to sleep but your brain is running overtime? Mm-hmm. Stop that. Uh-huh. Trying to get work done but suddenly become fixated, trying to remember the name of your fifth grade teacher for some reason? Uh-huh. Stop that. Huh? Suffering with intrusive thoughts while you're just trying to get on with your life? Yeah. Stop that. Uh-huh. Hey, just... Telling people to stop that isn't very helpful. Not stop that. Stop that. You, you, you've you just said the same thing twice. Stop that is the revolutionary mouth spray that stops your mind spiralling and lets you focus on something more important or nothing at all. So when your brain is on one, just have a spray and say... Stop, stop that! that.
Uh, if you could uh, all uh, settle down, please. Uh, ready for uh, quiet, please. Quiet at the back. Thank you. Thank you. Um, so uh, I have been uh, kicked out here today by my cabinet, who have asked me to apologize once again to the uh, country. Uh, and as I couldn't find a nearby fridge, I will obviously be, uh, I suppose, doing that now. Um, a lot of people are very unhappy about the fact that I survived a vote of no confidence. So I, I, I guess I'm, 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 <clears throat> any questions? Um, I'm. Um, if you're sorry that you survived the vote of no confidence, uh, why don't you just quit? Ah, well, uh, you see, um, I do not have a single scrap of integrity. No further questions. Hang on, hang on. Do you know what I want to see more of? What do you want to see more of? Oh, sure, Justice Warriors. Oh, sure, Justice Warriors. Yeah. All right, Larry. All right, Larry. How are you doing? Oh. <sighs> Surviving, mate. You, uh, you, you doing all right? Yeah, I've been doing all right. Been uh, a little bit annoyed at uh, you know British uh, public institutions, but you know what's what's new? That's any other week of the year, in it. Yeah, you know it's uh, concerning. It is. It is. Uh, you want to know what's been what's been riling me up today? Yeah. What's what's the latest, mate? The uh, latest one is uh, the uh, the British prison service has been uh, on some bullshit. I mean, apart from being the British Prison Service. I mean, yeah, abolished prisons generally. Absolutely. You know, they are not designed for rehabilitation and designed to keep people in a cycle of incarceration. But, you know, today's particular piece of bullshit is a lovely little tweet going round, which has uh, since been deleted. They've not taken back the, uh, yeah. the policy, but they sure got a lot of blowback for it. Uh, you know, proudly stating that, uh, you know, if, if you've got a loved one or a family member or a friend in prison and, you know, you might you know, value the human connection that comes from sending them a handwritten letter so that they, you know, while they cannot engage with the world, at least have something they know that your hand wrote to them, and that's a that's a very human thing. Yeah. Not gonna be able to do that no more. No. You know, you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. Rather than uh, you know, allowing people to write heartfelt handwritten letters to people who literally have nothing else in their lives while incarcerated, they decided that it would be uh the only kind of correspondence to prisoners that would be permitted are uh, cards sent by Moonpig or Funky Pigeon, which are two uh, for-profit capitalist companies. These are the, you customise like birthday cards and stuff. Yeah, yeah. So instead of just being like you know random name, it's actually the name of you know exactly. someone specific. Exactly. But, but you know, first of all, like you know, putting aside the uh, t we'll get to the terrible capitalism aspects in a second. They're they're very important. Um, both of these are companies that force you to have a humorous image of some form that's probably a joke on the front, and then fill in however much text they allow you to put on the inside of a birthday card, which I suspect is going to be less than the amount you could write in a personal handwritten, you know, emotional letter. Yeah. You know, to person in prison, happy birthday, they only let me add 15 more characters, oops, from your loved one. Yeah. You know, that's, uh, that is not fit for purpose of, you know, making people who are locked away feel like they have some connection remaining to the outside world. No. And, you know... Taking aside the fact that this is clearly, you know, just going to 
benefit you know for-profit corporations there's also the fact that um you know at least one of those companies is founded by a conservative party donor whose current ceo is former co- a colleague of the uh, the British Chancellor. Oh, interesting. It seems like a little, little bit of nepotism going on there. Well, in, in, in the British government... Conservatives bowing to, uh, you know, uh, party donors and letting their corp- capitalist corporations benefit for the, instead words. of the British public. Never heard such Never a thing. Never heard such a thing. Um, the only other one is you can send photos via Recycled Free Prints, which is another one that's a for-profit company. Like, this is all just... It's under the guise of security, but 100%, it's because they want their, their capitalist CEO mates to make some money oh, absolutely. at the expense of, you know, someone in prison just having something that they know. My loved one wrote this with their own hand, and I feel a little less alone while trapped in a cell, unable to engage with the world. Yeah, and I'm, I'm sure that, uh, you know... Mog is obviously the one that springs most to mind, but I'm sure that Dickensian twat is probably the the first one who'll be like, well, you know, they're supposed to be being punished, you know, they're not supposed to be having an easy time, so so, uh, why why should they get the nicest Look, their, their punishment is the fact that they cannot engage with the outside world and that they have to live in a box for X amount of time. There is no need to be more cruel than you already are to people who've already lost literally everything. Oh, absolutely. It's it's Tories, though, and cruelty is rather the point, isn't it? I mean, the thing that's really depressing about it is, uh, you know, I can see some of the the aspects that this might snowball to. I can foresee a world in which someone has less emotional connection to the outside world because that's been stripped away from them. They, you know, feel less like they have something to go back out to. Yeah. Um, you know, maybe that leads maybe to spiraling thoughts and yeah. degradation of mental health. Exactly, it might lead to the kind of things where someone's prison sentence might be might be increased because they've acted recklessly. Because what? Why care? I feel like you've got nothing to go out to. Yeah, it's it's just going to perpetuate the cycle of persistent incarceration, which is not you know. Let's let's move to a world where prison is about rehabilitation and not about being needlessly cruel to people. And maybe, you know, not using the same sort of prison system. Indeed, indeed. That's your hug. Absolutely. Good hug, mate. Good hug. Good hug. Uh, right, I think I'll uh, go pop the kettle on. Oh, I'm going to go have a nice lie down, I think. Nice, nice. So, Lara, <gasps> you, we've, we've mentioned it several times already, but we're doing a book. Yes, Who Wants the Whale? That book that we just spent four days uh, going over our other development edit on. Doing the, the second and final development edit. Yeah, it's literally at this point all we've got to do is copy edit, which is... Uh, put the commas in the right place, check the words and the spellings and all all that sort of little fiddly stuff. And then we just wait around until a book happens. Mm. It's about 20,000 words longer than it was when we submitted our first draft. Yeah, yeah, we... Uh, it went from about 50,000 to 70,000 words over a couple of redrafts. Yeah. We we definitely added a lot of things. Some things might yet be cut if if they decide that needs to happen. But... Uh, I think I think we'll be fine. It's currently about a smidge over 70,000 words. Which... I mean, also some of the grammar might work out that it ends up slightly shorter anyway. Yeah, it's um... it's definitely the longest, the, the largest amount of word count I have contributed to a book, I mm-hmm. think. The longest book... 
that I've been involved in that wasn't like thirty people contributing to. It's just two. It's just two. Just we, two we, we did. We did them. Yeah, we did those and words. I think it's better written and funnier and yeah. more interesting. It's, it's improving every time we go over it, oh, and, yeah. and it still makes us laugh. Yeah, <laughs> to be this many passes through it and still laughing at our bullshit. Is... Yeah, like between like having written it, done two passes on uh, like for editing, and what on top of that, just additionally two full read throughs. Yeah. We still, we still, we've written, we've written a book that's still funny. Yeah. Usually at this point in the process, I hate everything I've ever <laughs> written and I never want to write again. I don't feel that way yet. Yeah. So that's a good sign. Yay! Ah, oh, so you can you can go check that out on Unbound, unbound.com forward slash books forward slash whale. Go pre-order a copy. There's all sorts of reward tiers you can check out. It'll be available. I mean, it's not going to be terribly, terribly long until it's available. Yeah. You know, I, I I could hazard a guess, like, you know, maybe tweet me and ask me how long uh, copy editing to publishing took on other books. Maybe it'll take a similar amount of time. Who knows? Um, you know, that that has that's a fairly predictable amount of time that'll take. Yeah, um, I mean, yeah, there's, there's interesting swag bags and stuff. You can get t-shirts and posters and mugs and all the good stuff you might find in a swag bag if you happen to go to a corporate event. Yeah, yeah. I... <sighs> You could own that swag bag when you get to a point in the book where a swag bag is mentioned. Yep, you could own that exact swag bag. You could bag. own the swag bag mentioned in the book and be like, ah, that's me. It's, it's like I did that thing. It's like I did that thing. <laughs> and that'll be an experience for yeah. you. Plus, if you want, also, if you fully want the experience of having supported Supremacy Software in some way, you can go to Unbound, you can pre-order a copy now, you can get your name in the book. And that'll be just like having your name in the credits. I mean, you could do that. You could even get a letter from the executives at Supremacy Software. I know. <laughs> I know. Not too, not too many of those. We're not. Neither of us is good at handwriting. They're gonna be a. They're gonna be a labour of love. Those. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's more writing, though, isn't it? Yeah, it's more writing. That's <laughs> what we are now. We're writers. You're already a writer. You're in the club now. You're here. There's no escape. This shit. <laughs> ah. Tell us about another book. If we wanted something uh, to help young people understand themselves better. Oh, first, I wouldn't drop my phone. <laughs> Is that what the book's called? No, it's called Me and My Dysphoria Monster. It comes out on August 18th, 2022, which is like two months away-ish. Yeah, it's getting ever closer. Go check it out wherever books are sold. It's a children's anim uh, illustrated pitch book. I was going to say animated. If you move the page around in front of you, that's kind Ooh. of like animation. Uh, go check that out. Otherwise, I'm at Laura K. Buzz pretty much everywhere. Just search Laura K. Buzz, Laura K. Buzz, Laura K. Buzz. You'll find me everywhere. What about you? Me? Yeah. Well, I couldn't get unified branding like you, so I'm at streamerlinks.com slash janiac, J-A-N-E-I-A-C. And also, uh, I my most important link is patreon.com slash stonedmonkeyradio. For as little as a dollar a month, you can help me justify a 76-hour work week. You can help me justify spending entire bank holidays working. Uh, you can check out... Uh, you, can, you, can, you can support my life. You can become one of the, the glorious peoples and help me get all the way to 30 Patreons. That'd be cool. Um, and maybe one day if I get enough Patreons, I can finally do less of a day job and more of a doing creative stuff, as is my dream. Help me live my dream. 
Um, you can get t-shirts, you can get music, all of my stuff over my streamer links. There are links to all of those things. Uh, Laura? Yeah? Can you sing us out, please, darling? Until next time, be a stranger. <laughs>